Hello, fellow travelers, and thank you once again for joining me on The Unbroken Ground. This is episode 37, The Dark Side of Leadership, or one of the dark sides called Trust. Uh, continue talking about leadership and um, ideas behind that, um, and this week uh, we're going to work through um, the difficulties of trust and broken trust and uh, why leadership has so much to do with that. So uh, as always, thank you for joining. Uh, if you have any uh, comments to add, any questions, you can email at theunbrokenground at gmail.com or um, Facebook forward slash ground is the Facebook page that you can find us on and uh, put any comments there. Also on Instagram and threads. Uh, so yeah, thanks for joining again. Uh, episode 37, uh, all about trust and leadership. So one of the uh, team building games that I love playing when I was working for camp um, which team building is uh, just a broad term for um, outdoor education, group dynamics, uh, low ropes, all these things. Those are all the terms that we use for team building. And the idea is that we play games that have goals uh, we, we, so that a team can go through the stages of, of norming, forming, um, storming, sorry, storming, forming, norming, uh, all those things of how uh, a team forms and works together. And so um, we, we kind of have a, a microcosm of games that we play that kind of brings out one or two aspects of um, what it means to work in a team. Uh, it's very much ex experiential education. Uh, you learn by doing, and then you take what you learned by playing what's a, usually a fairly simple game uh, you take what you learn and see um, from uh, how, how you work through the, the challenges of that game uh, with your team and how other people do. You, you take that and you kind of uh, hopefully uh, take that back and evaluate how you might do, um, how you might react and live in a, a very similar situation in, in, in life. Um, so, you know, we, we come up with a game, we give you the rules, um, and the, the limitations, uh, uh, they point back to aspects of life. And, uh, and so it's a great tool to kind of not in the heat of the moment of some major life-changing thing, but rather just a simulated, uh, stressor, um, or not even very stressed, sometimes just a simulated challenge. And you get to kind of see how you would respond and how your team responds. And so it's super beneficial. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun uh, even just to, to kind of uh, be a part of that process of helping teams kind of think through um, what it is, how they react, what their culture is. Uh, so, yeah, I love doing that. did that for um, eight-ish years off and on, uh, one of my favorite parts of being at camp. One of my favorite games to play, uh, I probably played it more than any other game uh, because it works so well across all age groups. Because, uh, you know, there's some games that you just are not going to play with an adult group. There's some games that um, you can't play with junior high kids because they will hurt each other. Uh, they don't know the limits. They don't think about what they're doing before they do it. Uh, so one of the one of the games, and this one this one kind of scaled the edge on junior high, uh, but one of the, because 
because they, they had to, there's a, a bit of care that you have to take for your fellow teammates. Um, and that's a good game called Spots. Uh, and, and Spots is it's very simple. Um, everybody gets a spot. You stand in a circle. Um, you put your spot on the ground. You stand on your spot. Uh, now there is one less spot than the whole than the number in the team. So if you have 12 people, there are 11 spots, and the, the last person doesn't have a spot there in the middle. Uh, the goal of the game is not to be in the middle. Um, and, um, well, that's the goal of the person who's in the middle. They don't want to stay in the middle. The goal of the people on the outside is they need to switch spots. And they can only switch spots by um, forming a contract, and they can only do that through eye contact, no no, no verbal communication, no hand signals, no eyebrow communication, nothing like that. And so um, they, they're having to make a contract based on eye contact alone uh, and any kind of subtle body language that they could pick up. Because they did, if it was too um, overt, then they, you get called out on it. Um, so you're just making eye contact and you decide to switch spots. Now, the reason I love this game is that it really highlights um, the, uh, the dynamic of trust and risk. And um, it helps people think through, in a fun way, um, the dynamics behind broken trust. And that the, um, the element of fun that some... Uh, uh, or, or challenge that having a bit of risk um, involved brings to life. Because there is um, both positive risk and negative risk. So, you know, if you're working with kids, you're, you talk about the idea that there's positive risk of trying something new. Um, you know, uh, trying a new food, meeting a new friend, uh, trying something that nobody's done before. Those are those are all positive ways to take a risk, um, and the risk is is that it may not work out like you want it to. You may it may not um, be the thing you want it to be, um, but but it's but it's part of life, and it's actually kind of an enjoyable part of life is to is to risk. Um, it adds some. Uh, you know, adrenaline and, and, uh, and it adds some, some kind of excitement to life. So, so um, that's one of the things I love about it. And then, se and then secondly, um, is the idea of trust and how easily trust can be broken. And once trust is broken, then um, how hard it is to get it back. And, and the way that this is demonstrated is that as people are leaving their spot. They can't go back to their spot. So as people are leaving their spot, what generally happens is one of two things. Um, the person who leaves that's closest to the person in the middle um, is taking less of a risk as long as the person they think they've made a contract with will leave their spot. But if the person who's across the circle, farthest away from the person in the middle, sees that the risk that that the risk is more on their side they have a choice that they could either honor the contract or break it and of course with um different groups different uh mentalities sometimes you have like the junior high kids who or the high school kids who know each other and it's it's part fun to um break trust on purpose and then you have 
Um, and, and so you, you have a, you will have a culprit in the group that simply, um, by volume will still get switches, but, but he will eventually, or she will eventually develop, uh, a, uh, reputation to, to not not to use that word too broadly or lightly in this but but it'll but it'll be known oh this person is not to be trusted i am taking a larger risk when i when i make a contract with that person and again you're making a, a contract just with eye contact which means that you can't hash out things like all right um, did we did we agree? Uh, when who's gonna go first? How are we gonna do this? Should we wait until the middle person is distracted? Um, all all of those things that you can't work out, but instead you you make eye contact, which is uncomfortable for our culture, by the way, as well. And that's another fun aspect of this, is that if you want to um, play the game, there's a there's a level of risk there's a level of trust and then and then you gotta you gotta stare in somebody's eyes across the circle all of that just creates a huge uncomfortable experience for a lot of people so um and and but i love it because it is it is um a fun way especially for kids but for adults too to think through the idea of trust and why trust is so important. And I think as a, as, as a leadership characteristic, um, it is one of the most important. Uh, can I trust you as a leader? There's always a risk. There's always a risk when following somebody um, because you are giving up that level of independence uh, and you're, you're having to make a, an evaluation and decide uh, what you're going to do um, because you are trusting another person. And one of the things that I like to highlight in the game is, is certainly the idea, um, t- you know, talking with uh, teens um, or even adults, just how easily it is to lose trust and once that trust is lost it is very hard to get back and and there's a couple of reasons for that uh, so um, let's think through that as, as a leader what why that is um, so trust there's there's I, I think there's probably lots of reasons why we trust leaders but but I but the, these three come to mind. One um, is that we trust people who are in positions of authority um, because that's what we've culturally, uh, for the most part, and societally um, dictated. Uh, It just just helps us to avoid uh, a unending mass of chaos by saying that if someone is in a position of authority, um, then we, we find them at least on the surface to be trustworthy. Someone has, and so um, because someone has made that um, declaration that this person is trustworthy, we've put them in a position of authority, um, then we generally are going to have a general acceptance that they they know what they're doing. Um, so that that's one thing. There, there is a level of trust that gets conferred by your position. Um, so 
you know, the, uh, the pastor of the community or, or the church that's in the community, the school teacher, the principal, uh, the, the CEO, we, we tend to, if we know nothing else about them, uh, we make a decision on to, whether to trust leaders, uh, at least initially based on their position. Um, and this, this is good and bad, right? It keeps, it allows culture to uh, function, um, it allows us to continue to move forward, uh, but it we it, it's the it's the lowest form of uh, a, a bond of trust that there is, uh, because we're not really trusting the person; we're trusting the position, um, and and so um, that is as far as like exerting influence. Uh, it, it really depends on the person. Some people are much more compliant that just just because you have authority, uh, they, they, they listen to it. Um, so that that's the first one. I will come back to that in a second. Second one is um, we trust people who have knowledge. Uh, either they went to school, so doctors. Doctors are a great example of someone that we trust um, because they have, a, because of their knowledge, because of their schooling, because they went to school to learn all this stuff. They went to school longer than than anybody else, uh, and in general, we just see them as people who are not knowledgeable about the things that they should be knowledgeable about. So we trust them um, with such things as the the, the health of. Um, of our bodies, the of our children, of our friends, we we trust that a doctor generally is going to know what they're doing, and just just by the the merit of having that amount of schooling and, and having the experience, um, we we just we just have that trust. We develop that trust. Um, so so you have position, you have kind of what an expert or a, a someone who's who studied uh, in their field, and so we give them that trust in that. Um, and, and then third is just a relational trust in that um, it's developed over time. Uh, this is probably the strongest, um, is, a, is a trust built on a relationship. Um, so, for example, um, so, so all of these things interplay um, a whole lot. Like, for example, if you have a coach um, who is – you know, deciding which players play at what time and and in the game and what plays to to run and or what strategy you're going to use. Um, if if you spent a long time with that coach, you you develop a uh, a feel, um, but also just a trust um, in in that person because of the um, the history you have together, uh, because of the relationship you have, um, and so. Again, these are all just, these are not the only ways that trust is built, but I think those are some of the three major ones. Um, I, I think the um, the dark sides or the, the downsides of this is that, um, you know, it, with authority, um, we, it, because it's so positional based, it's easy to abuse, um, but it's also easy to allow ourselves to be manipulated. Uh and uh, it, because we kind of have a, we tend to have a default setting in us that says that oh the, the person in charge is saying this then then I I guess I'm going to to listen I'm going to um, trust that um, 
you know, there, there is, I, I think in the Bible, Paul, uh, not, I think the Bible, but the Bible talks about the Bereans and how they, they heard Paul's word, uh, that he gave, that he spoke, they heard his sermons and they didn't just accept them and be like, all right, cool. Paul is obviously, um, a very strong, prominent leader. We should just trust whatever he says. Uh, instead they went back and they studied the word. It says that they went back and they themselves went back to study the word uh, to figure out what's going on. They they didn't allow just that he had, that they had position to say, oh well, if Paul, who is is this um, the the last apostle, if you will, the 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 guy who Jesus calls out in this this uh, magnificent way, um, none of that is convincing to them um, because. They want to know that that Paul, who's a human, um, even one who is is being directed by the Holy Spirit, still human, they want to know that what he is saying lines up with what uh, what God would say. Um, and so they go back to the word. So they study it. And Paul is not offended by this. Um, he's 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 not offended by what some might see as a lack of trust. Um, rather, he is he cheers it on. He goes, yeah, because, you know, um, and partly because honestly, Paul was like, yeah, I want to be, if I'm, if I'm saying something that's not aligning with scripture, you got to let me know. You gotta, you gotta, um, we gotta have that conversation. But on the other side, as a leader, as someone who was a, was a Pharisee who knew, you know, the old Testament forwards and backwards and, and had spent a lot of time debating and discussing what it meant to follow Christ. He also was like, yeah, go back and test and see what I'm saying is true because that consistency. So, so his, his position of authority opened the door, but the consistency of, of, of matching up with what the word of God says and, and what the message that he's saying, um, reinforces then a, a, a bond of trust and it becomes a much stronger bond than just his position of authority. But now he has established himself as a, an expert. Go back, he says to the Bereans. Go back and check for yourself. I want you to. Because then you'll see that what I'm saying matches up. Or it doesn't. But 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 when you see that it does, it begins to create that Oh yeah, he's got a position of authority. He's, he's a church planner. He's called an apostle. But what he says is it lines up with scripture. That's that's the that's more even more important than just this title that somebody maybe has has given him. Um, although as you know, we know in the Bible that it was God who gave him those things. It was God's calling. But but we it's we it's hard for us to see that. Um, the Bible writes the story. We can read that. So that's how we know about Paul. But it's hard to see other people's hearts. And so the uh, the dark side of authority is that it's easily abused, um, and it is. I mean, it is one of the areas that. Um, things like cult leaders use. Uh, they, they abuse that trust. Uh, they, they, they make themselves out of being into being special authorities on something. Uh, they have a special word. They have a special insight. Uh, and, and people flock to that. Um, you know, people, a lot of people find comfort in an authority outside of themselves 
giving them answers so they don't have to think about it so they don't have to worry about it so they don't have to spend their mental time and energy working through it and so so they flock to that um it's i think one of the reasons that uh, another dark side of frost is it's another one of the reasons that media has gotten so bad in that we we don't we've lost that trust um we as the people have lost the trust of what the media says because it's been abused. We we used to th- used to think that uh, news and and radio and and print would have an authoritative voice and they would just report the news and so that was the expectation. But um, when when that doesn't happen, um, it starts to erode trust. When when you start to see that that things have been politicized, it starts to erode that trust and so. Um, as a leader, um, you have to stay consistent and not take easy shortcuts um, to, to, to be because, you know, the, the opposite of what Paul you could do is to say this is to go, how dare you? How dare you doubt? I am. Did you not know who I am? Like Paul, Paul had every um, right he had he had every he was the he was trained remember that second part the expert he was a trained Pharisee he was a trained expert of the law, and here the the Bereans were like well hey hold on Paul let me let's just let's we're gonna double check this like he could have just flown flown off in a uh, a, a rage just so angry and be like how dare you doubt me how dare you check up on me instead Paul was like yeah no no that's yeah, let's let's go. Let's go to the source. Let's and if there's something that I'm not saying or something that I am saying that doesn't align with what God would want, I want to know. That's one way to maintain that trust as a leader. Um even beyond um it that's that's moving into that relational idea, right? Like that that people tr- trust can will trust Paul as a leader um, because of the relationship he develops with them, uh, because he is not just trying to use his position or his title. Um, he's not just using that to be a leader or even to to gain some advantages that a leader might have, but rather, you know, he works he works as a tent maker so that he doesn't have to uh, burden churches. Um, so um so 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 second to that is is just this idea of knowledge um and i think the 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 dark side of knowledge is that it leads to arrogance uh and pride and those are those are downfalls for people um and specifically their downfalls downfalls for leaders and we have to be very careful um that we don't allow those to 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 build up uh in us um, and, and I think that, uh, the, the idea of, um, let's listen to that person, they're an authority, uh, again, is not necessarily a bad idea. It's just that when it is, is cut free from responsibility that you're not really, um, you know, tying that to anything, uh, that, that, um, that there's no ownership in that, then, I think that's when um, very dangerous things can happen. Um, 
I have I have a goal. I developed a goal. I wanna I wanna do a little case study um, because it's just interesting to me just for the um, the intersections of um, parts of my life. Uh, but I want to look back into. Uh, I saw there's a book. I'm gonna try to get it and read it. But I want to look back uh, at leadership and what happened in in Baylor um, with the football team. Uh, you know, Art Bryles, uh, I don't think, um, you know, I grew up an hour uh, s- south of the, the town that he, the, the place that he coached and brought it to prominence. The, um, uh, so I don't think Art Bryles was, was a bad person. Um, I, I think that, uh, preliminary look on the outside, I think that there is in, in that program and in many others, um, there is a lack of ownership of the pro- of many of the processes and and thus a lack of accountability um when 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 you are leaders uh when you have a when you have le- when your leaders don't have ownership of processes of um uh, of results um they're not held accountable to those uh then it opens up the door to simply everyone assuming it was someone else's job. Um, so, so for example, on a college campus, um, it probably didn't fall to the head coach to, to, um, check up on, uh, what the administration or how the administration was responding. Um, what, how coaches were, um, in every day to day instant, just not something that the head coach is going to do. And so, um, but, uh, in the end, the, the responsibility was, is laid on that person. Uh, the ownership is laid on that, that person. And so even if, um, they were not the ones, you know, doing things, uh, that were, that were wrong or not paying attention where they should have been paying attention, um, they still get to own, uh, because they're the top leader, they still get to own that, um, result and and live and die by that you know uh, our Bryles lost his job not because he wasn't a good football coach not because he lacked some kind of knowledge not because he wasn't good at, at creating offenses and because he was um, he lost his job uh, because he he cre- he was overseeing a relationship not a relationship but an organization a a, a, a coaching staff um, and was involved with a um, a process in the athletic department, um, whether and again I don't know how involved, but but that ended up blowing up in their face, um, and rightfully so. But um, he lost his job because there was I would I would I'm hypothesizing at this point, so I haven't studied it too hard, but that he lost it because there was no ownership and accountability. Whose job was it? Whose job was it? And in the end, unfortunately for people who are at the top of the food chain of leadership, um, ultimately it's your job. Uh, ultimately, ultimately the, the ownership and the accountability um, are laid at your feet. And, and so you have to realize that uh, as, as much as the, someone can be a subject matter expert, that as much as they can know things, as much as they can have the knowledge uh, as a leader, um, 
they they also have to be willing to accept the ownership of what what all that means the, the you know the more you know um from from my early childhood or the 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 spider-man mantra with great power comes great responsibility uh, and so the more authority you have the more more responsibility you have and also the easier it is um to abuse trust um and, and so there's a whole lot of, like I say, I'd, I'd like to make a case study of that. I'd like to look into it just to learn a little bit more about leadership because I think there's that the failings of leadership there. Um, but at least some of that is that there was just no accountability and ownership of several processes, of several incidents, of several things down the line um, that eventually cost the head coach their job. Not because they were bad at coaching football, but because they were not good leaders. Um, not trustworthy. At the end of the day, after all the things that happened, they just weren't trustworthy any longer. You couldn't trust them. And when you when you have broken trust, you have broken relationship. And th- and that's why I think the third thing is just this trust built on relationship. And there's this and and one of the things that happens when you have trust built on a relationship is there's a consistency um, that happens because of the integrity of the individ- individuals that says that they do what they're going to they're they they are going to do what they say they're going to do and it's proved out time over time again and again and again and so when that type of trust that it's a very deep trust it's very low that's a that's a, a level of trust that that gets into the soul even um, when that type of trust is broken it is devastating you know thinking back to the spots game um it what happens when you break trust is that you you enter a you you enter brokenness into the relationship, and uh, when leadership is based on a relationship, which is going to happen, um, because in nine times out of ten you're going to have some kind of relational leadership with the people in your company or your church or your family. Um, you're going to have some a leadership that's based upon this uh, this this relationship, and when you when that breaks, then what happens is you create a break in the relationship. You create brokenness. The brokenness of humanity enters in, and that can be very devastating and hard, and and can hurt. Um, and and I think that's the the dark side of uh, again. That's another one of the dark sides of the leadership um, of trust is that. The risk of trusting someone is that you will allow you open yourself up for the possibility of being hurt by that person, um, and possibly massively injured your relationship broken because of the the level of trust that can be broken when you when you give uh, deeply into a relationship of trust. Um, it can be broken. And, and I think that's where, um, I struggle so much when, um, thinking about manipulation as leadership, like it's such a negative term to think of, uh, leadership as manipulation, but, um, or compliance, um, because often manipulation feels, seems, uh, I'm, I'm not, I, you know, not closing the door on on using some tricks to understanding how people think and uh, how to how to get 
people, more people to do what you want them to do. Um, which even just feels a little greasy just saying it like that. But, um, that's, I mean, that's what, that's at least somewhat what leadership is, 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 is getting people organized, um, even for their own good to do things they, they wouldn't normally do. Um, but the, 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 uh, the part that, um, that gets a little bit for me, a little bit difficult is to think that there are some, some basically, um, mind tricks that you can play. There are, there are influential things that you can do, but I think what they, what the reason that I don't like them or that they cause me to have a, a pause every time I hear about them is that there is the, this ability of breaking trust. Um, because if you, um, if you use them, um, then, and then people find out, um, you, you can, you, you can, uh, it, it, it creates the experience, uh, that's bad for the person. So, so for example, um, cause that's super vague. For example, um, if you, if, if you get, um, well, I'm, I'm listening through, reading through a book called Influence, and um, there's, a, there's a story uh, that's told about the Watergate break-in. And one of the reasons it happened, um, phenomenally bad idea, phenomenally bad. One of the reasons that it happened, and nobody, um, and nobody thought to really speak up and say, hey, we shouldn't do this, um, is that the person who presented the idea... Um, presented a even worse idea first and and when they came when he came back and he said and they said well we can't do your first idea he countered with an offer that was let's break into the office in the watergate hotel and so then the people who had heard his his really bad idea thought well this is still a bad idea but hey we need to give this guy something because of the there's levers and and things of influence that happen within us. And, and so, um, those things happen naturally. So I'm not saying always, but, but if you are proven out to be a person who is always, um, negotiating without sincerity, who is looking to, um, uh, manipulate the, the, this, the, relationship that the knowledge use that to get what you want um then then you prove and you prove yourself over and over going to be unworthy uh of trust and when you break trust continuously the danger is is that if you're in a if you're if any of that trust comes from a place of authority um, that that the reason they trusted you is because of your authority as you break trust you break that trust for all levels of authority. And so you have to be, you just have to be careful. Um, so as a, as a, as a pastor, as a manager, as a, as a leader, as a coach, uh, if you're dealing with people, with people who have had trust broken and um, you don't understand why they, 
they're hesitant to trust again. Uh, I would start looking to the history and see who broke their the trust with them in the first place, or who like what what is the what is the pattern of trust um, that's been broken, and and why and and now now things are damaged and you can rebuild them. So next week we're going to talk about possibly um, I think about how you can re- rebuild them, um, but but if you are um, in that situation, you do have to address uh, organizational-wise um, the culture. Um, you have to address the distrust that comes when trust is broken. And if you um, marginalize it, if you brush it under the, the carpet, if you, if you act as though oh, that was the other guy. They are the ones that did that. I don't have to um, deal with the consequences of that. I, it's just not, I'm I just, I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Um, people will give you a fair shake. In general, I think people will give you a fair shake. But if you, um, but you have to spend the time to build those bonds of trust again. Um Trust is easily broken. It's not so easily rebuilt. So, um, and, and I think that there's a spiritual, uh, so, so next week we'll get to, I think, I think there's a spiritual connection, but so, and so next week I want to talk about rebuilding trust and how leaders can do that. Um, but I think just for the, the last couple of minutes here, I think about the spiritual connection here, which is, can you trust God? I think this is a, a such a hard question because um, it feels very much like, and just an honest, bare, bare my soul moment, um, it feels very much like part of trusting God is moving the goalpost. Um, and because we say, oh, well, you know, uh, just wait on the Lord and, and he will bring things about. And so, um, all right, we do that. Um, okay, the thing I wanted or the thing I thought would be best doesn't happen. Again, that's a perspective thing. Maybe that thing didn't need to happen, but, but I'm going, all right, but I trusted God. Okay. I'm trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. And, and at the end of the day, um, and this is where I think it's such an interesting thing in Hebrews, even in the Bible, it's like, and then you have the people who trusted God, but they never saw the promise that what was promised to them. I mean, you have people who had their sons, um, resurrected. You had people who um, had the dead returned to them. You had people who um, were miraculously gifted with resources and all these things. And then, and then at the end of this uh, 12th chapter, he wrote, it says, but then there were the others. Uh, they were they were driven into the wilderness. They were sawn into. They, they, the world was not worthy of them. They didn't get to see the promise on this side of life. And, and so it feels a little bit like moving the goalpost when we're like, okay, yeah, life is not always going to work out the way we want. Um, but God wins in the end. And if you're, you're in God's camp, then you win because um, of the spiritual transitive property. That's not a real thing, but we'll say it is. You win, God wins, we all win. Yay. Uh, and, and I think that, um, 
that's a real thing to, to, to wrestle with. And I think it's okay to wrestle with that. I don't really have a good answer um, for you if you want to wrestle through that. I think you should. I think you should think about what that means um, and what it means to trust God. And, and then also then, as you think about that, what does it mean to trust God? Um, what does that mean for leaders here on the earth? Um, can we trust? Can we trust God? So, so meditate on that. Uh, I, I do want to say unequivocally, the answer is yes, I trust God, and I think we can. But I do think it is something that if you read the Psalms, uh, if you read um, through through much of the Bible, there's a under there's an undercurrent of is this God whom we serve trustworthy? Um, and and you have to taste and see. You have to test and find out. You have to to try before you can find that answer. So that's the challenge this week. Where is it God's calling you to learn, to see, uh, to experience trust, uh, to trust God, to taste and see that he is good, to know that he is the good father, to, to know that in your life in a way that you can't deny. So there you go, praying for you this week. Meditate on, meditate on trust. Um, let me know if God tells you anything or, or if uh, you, you learn anything. Hope you have a great week. See you next week.